The shepherd provides, he protects, and he blesses. And of course, in the New Testament, John uh, chapter 10, it's recorded for us that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And the Lord Jesus provides, the Lord Jesus protects, and the Lord Jesus blesses. Let's think about God's provision for a moment. David writes this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters, he restores my soul. The shepherd attends to the physical needs of the sheep. In fact, that's his primary responsibility, that is what he is charged to do. In Jesus' day and for centuries earlier, a man's wealth was counted in the sheep that he owns. They were a valuable commodity. They were farmed not for their meat, but for their wool. They had to be looked after, they had to be cared for. A rich man would hire shepherds to look after his sheep, so that the wool would be good and rich and they would be healthy. Uh, The shepherd would lead them to green pasture. He would lead them to uh, fresh water. He would uh, defend them from any uh, thing that would attack them or from thieves or robbers. He would try and steal them. By day, he leads them from pasture to meadow. Uh, By night, he sleeps beside them, uh, protects them. David was a shepherd boy. I'm sure this psalm is shaped by his experience of of being a a shepherd. But this is more than just a kind of poetic uh, um, recollection or meditation. This is a personal testimony. Uh, This is a story. This is uh, David's personal story. This is his confession. This is David talking about his experience of God. This is a very personal psalm. I shall not be in want, makes me lie down, leads me, restores me, guides me. As I said, this is his testimony, this is his witness, this is his experience. I wonder, can we make that same confession? Can we speak of that same experience? Can we not just um, make these words our own, but can these words arise from within us? Is this our experience of God? As he provided for us? As he caused us to lie down in green pastures? Has he led us? Has he guided us? We'll only be able to make that confession to the extent that we have trusted in him known his provision, experienced his grace. And so that prompts another question. Who are you relying upon? Is it the God who wants to shepherd you, or are you relying upon yourself? Who do you rely upon when troubles come? When you suddenly hit unexpected financial struggles? when you find yourself in unexpected need, uh, what's your response? What's your, what's your first response? To work harder, to work longer, to get some more overtime, to call in favours, to tap up families and friends, uh, to take out loans, to turn uh, to the credit card. 
Or do you turn to your heavenly Father, who Jesus says knows what you need even before you do? Jesus taught a prayer to his disciples, to all who would call God uh, their Father. And that prayer contains the line, Give us this day our daily bread. The phrase, this day, actually means uh, this coming day. And for the Jews, they viewed the days beginning not in the morning, but in the evening before, and going evening to evening. So this is a prayer that would probably be prayed in, in the end of the day, what we think of the end of the day, uh, for the next day. Lord, in this coming day, give me my daily bread. Give us our daily bread. Economists uh, speak of uh, three levels of kind of uh, need or possessions. Uh, they speak of our needs. We need a house, need an income, need food, need a bed, need clothes. Comforts, a nice house, comfortable clothes, a job we enjoy. And they speak of luxuries, a posh car, a foreign holiday, whatever it might be. And those needs and those comforts and those luxuries, they look very different depending on where you live. If you live in a, in a slum in South Africa, your needs and your comforts and your luxuries will look very different to if you live in Manhattan in New York. Our needs, our comforts, our luxuries will differ from household to household. Our experience in West Bridgeford and uh, Colic and Carlton and the Meadows, uh, the places we've come from this morning, will be different. And Jesus says, bring your needs to God. Whatever those needs are, bring your needs to God. Your daily bread are your daily needs. In this coming day, rely upon him. From time to time, I've prayed with uh, members of the congregation about their needs. I remember one particular occasion, somebody uh, in this church came to me about their business. Uh, the business was in trouble. They'd done everything right, they'd paid their taxes, they were looking after their customers, but the work had just dried up. There was a, a fear that they would go under. They said, can we pray about this? So we prayed together. Lord, bring, bring in the daily bread. Bring in enough for the coming days. Bring in new customers. Bring in new work. Bring in repeat business. Lord, provide for this person in need and provide for their family. By God's grace, uh, they found their needs met in him. The shepherd brings not just sustenance, but also rest. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. We live in an anxious and stressed out age. Life is coming uh, too fast, too soon, uh, too much. We have multiple responsibilities. Some of us have multiple identities. Who I am at work, who I am at home, who I am at the school gate, who I am in our community. We are juggling too many things and we're dropping some of the balls. And the good shepherd brings rest. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. 
One of the fastest growing faiths in the UK today is Buddhism. Meditation is in, mindfulness is in. Why? Because of the promise of balm for our souls, the promise of rest for our spirits. Jesus is the bread of life. He meets our deepest needs. And he's also the Lord of the Sabbath. And what is the Sabbath? The Sabbath is the rest day. The day of rest, the day of wholeness, the day of healing, the day of restoration. The day when our soul and our spirits are are knit back together. When our body is restored. It's so much more than a kind of duvet day. I've never had one myself, but I know some of you enjoy them. But the Sabbath is so much more than a duvet day. It's a day of restoration, a day of healing, a day of wholeness. And Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is the one who brings rest for our spirits. Wants to settle anxious minds, soothe troubled hearts, restore broken bodies. Salvation is described in the New Testament as a Sabbath rest. The writer of the Hebrews writes this, uh, to the Hebrews writes this, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Let us make every effort to enter into that rest. There's a kind of tension there, isn't there? Let's make every effort to enter into that rest. Let's do something to experience that grace. What do we do? How do we do it? Where do we find it? Well, what did the good shepherd say? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls. The make every effort is to come to Christ, to seek him out, to lay our burdens at his feet. Uh, We've got prayer ministry available this morning. Uh, There'll be some folk in the side chapel after I finish my talk and we'll have some uh, worship there. They'll be there just to pray for you. Perhaps you need, uh, you're at some kind of need at this moment. You want them to pray for you. Perhaps there's something going on in your family that you need God to kind of step in and to, and to act. Or perhaps you just, you need a break. You need, not a break, but you need, you need to rest. You need to know that mercy and that grace. You need to know the healing presence of Christ. Take up that offer of uh, prayer minister this morning. On Tuesday and next Tuesday, we've got the refresh evenings here at St. Giles, where the bishop uh, will be uh, preaching, worship groups will be leading us, Those two are designed to be moments of encounter where we can come afresh to the good shepherd, where we can come beside still waters, where our souls can be restored. The shepherd gives guidance. In the old uh, versions, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In the Hebrew, these are literally the right paths. Uh, The shepherd leads the the sheep along the the safe path, uh, the path to the good pasture, the path to the fresh water. He steers them away 
from the dangerous ravines. He uh, steers them away from the, the bad areas where the coyotes are or where the, the thieves hide out. God wants to guide us in the right paths of living. He wants to lead us away from temptation. He wants to deliver us from addiction. He wants to steer us away from lifestyles that will harm us and will harm others. He wants to lead us away from the path, uh, the life that will take us to death and destruction or trap us. He wants to lead us, direct us, guide us instead to lives that are truly good. He knows what is best for us. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to bring glory to him for his name's sake. My sheep hear my voice, says Jesus. Let him guide us through the scriptures. Let him guide us through the spirit. So the shepherd provides, he provides provision, he meets our needs, he, uh, he, he um, uh, restores our souls, he gives us rest. He protects us too. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As we read this psalm together, I wonder if you noticed there's a kind of gear change here. There's a, there's a change in tense in the psalm. David begins by talking about God. The Lord is this, the Lord is that, the Lord does this. And here, he's talking to God. You are with me. I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Why this change? Why this transition? Why moving from talking about God to talking to God? Well, the location has changed, hasn't it? He's in the valley of the shadow of death. Not in the green pasture now. Not beside the still water now. In the valley of the shadow of death. The shadows are closing in. And his experience changes. You've noticed that too, I'm sure, in your life as well. When we're in the green uplands, we're in the, the nice meadows, where, when life is sunny, uh, we, we talk about God. When we're in the valley, we're in the hard place, we're in the shadow of death, we talk to God. Interesting too that he speaks of God leading us. He leads us in the right path, and then he's in the valley of the shadow of death. Has the shepherd abandoned his sheep? Have the sheep wandered off? No. He is with them there in the valley and he is leading them through. I wonder what the valley of the shadow of death is for you. Children who are ill. Depression descending. Redundancy announced. Chemotherapy arranged. Allow these circumstances to draw you closer to God. May they be a prompt for you not just to talk about God, but to talk to God. 
For surely he is with you in that valley. Surely he is with you in that situation. And he has a club to protect you. And he has a staff to support you. And he will lead you through to the other side. Remember the words of God the shepherd to his people in the Old Testament. I myself will go before you. I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For I, the Lord, am with you. The valley of the shadow of death isn't good. It isn't good. It isn't nice. It's not a good place to be. But the shepherd is good. And he knows the way through. And he will not leave you and he will not forsake you. He will always be with you. And he will protect you. And he will lead you through. Today is Mother's Day, or Mothering Sunday. And that's always a difficult day for me. It's always a difficult day for us in our household. Uh, my mum died when I was in my 20s, just six months uh, before we married, uh, I married uh, Sally. Uh, Sally's mum died just after we moved to the Philippines. We'd been there for one month. Uh, we'd agonised over whether to go abroad. Uh, we counted the cost of leaving behind grandparents. We had Ethan, who was two at the time. Lily, who was uh, six months. And we thought, well, we'll just go for a time. We'll go for three years, maybe four years, and then we'll review our options. And then we, we travelled overseas, just got settled in a new country, and then we got the phone call that Sally's mum had died. Uh, last year, my father died, just over um, a year ago. So I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death a few times. I've been in this valley as we have too. And I can testify hand on heart, uh, the Lord is there with me. The Lord protected me. The Lord guided me. The Lord delivered me. And the Lord led me through. That's the testimony of many of us in this room as well as I've heard your stories and you've talked of his uh, protection and his presence in those times. But maybe you need to know that afresh today. Maybe that needs to drop down from your head and into your heart. Maybe that needs not just to be a, a truth that you know, but a reality that you experience. The Lord protects. Protects our minds, protects our hearts from despair and uh, disillusionment. Maybe you need that protection uh, today. You need to find that afresh uh, for yourself today. Again, there's prayer ministry available. Uh, If you want to, you can pray with someone. If you'd rather just pray on your own, just have a little bit of time to yourself, come and sit in one of the pews over here as a sign that you want to kind of uh, do business with God. Uh, No one will bother you, no one will disturb you. You'll be left to just uh, kind of meet with God um, on your own. Or again, if if this morning isn't the the time for you, that's fine. Again, there'll be opportunities on on the evening on Tuesday uh, to know God's protection again. So he provides, he protects, and he blesses. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We've kind of left the shepherd imagery behind here, haven't we? This, this is a different image. Uh, a table prepared, I imagine a kind of banquet, lots of food. Uh, David is invited in, his, his, his head is anointed, oil is uh, poured on him. It's what you would do for a, an honoured guest. And uh, his cup is overflowing. There's, there's wine freely flowing. Imagine the cup is drunk and then it's filled up uh, straight away. How does this fit with the, the kind of shepherd imagery that we began with? Well, to understand this, you have to understand a little bit about the culture of uh, Jesus' day and the culture of David's day. This is a kingly image. This is a kind of banquet that a king would lay on uh, for his kind of honoured guests, diplomats, and, and so forth. And in David's day and in Jesus' day, a king was often spoken of as being a shepherd. Uh, the pharaohs of Egypt called themselves the shepherds of their people. The Babylonian kings uh, called their, their country as their kind of pasture land and their people as the sheep who dwelt within them. For Israel, it's a little bit different. God does give them kings to act as under-shepherds, but they are, they are under-shepherds. God remains their shepherd He never gives up his responsibilities to his people. In Ezekiel, God speaks to his people and says this, You are the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God. So God is the royal shepherd. He is the kingly shepherd. And he seeks not just to provide for his people, not just to protect his people. That's what the Pharaoh would do and that's what the Babylonian kings would do. That's what any good king would do. But he seeks to do one other thing as well. He seeks to bless his people. And the imagery here is a rich uh, metaphor, rich image of of a king blessing his honoured guest. The table is prepared. Come and sit with me. Come and eat with me. Let me anoint your head with oil. Let me set you aside as an honoured guest, a, a royal delegate who has come uh, to join me. Come and, come and sit with my intimate court. Eat your fill. Have wine. Have more wine. Have the richest wine. And of course, Jesus described the kingdom of heaven as what? As a, as a banquet where the table is ready and the invitations go out and compel all to come in and, and feast and join in this banquet. And the first miracle he does in John's Gospel, we see, is that he turns water into wine. And the invitation is there for us to know uh, the blessing of God. Not just his presence, not just his uh, provision, not just his protection, but his presence, his very self. So his love and his grace and his goodness and his mercy. The kingly shepherd invites his people to feast with him and to enjoy his presence 
forever. The Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann preached uh, some sermons in, uh, in Lent a, a, a couple of decades ago in the United States, and he preached one on this psalm. And he comments on the very last line of this psalm. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And he, this is the comment that he makes. This is a, a powerful active image at play. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. We are being chased by God's powerful love. His goodness and his love, his mercy, they they run after me. They hound me. They chase me down. Brighamon continues... Lent is a time to quit running and to let ourselves be caught and embraced in his love. Our life is not willed by God to be an endless anxiety. It is rather meant to be an embrace, but that entails being caught by God. Let me read that again. Lent is a time to quit running, to let ourselves be caught and embraced in his love. Our life is not willed by God to be an endless anxiety. It is rather meant to be an embrace. But that entails being caught by God. So maybe you need to stop running this morning. Maybe you need to slow down. Maybe you need to stop that his mercy and love which are running after you get a chance to catch up and to meet you. The table is prepared. The guests are gathered. The oil is ready. The cups are full. Remember those words of Jesus. Come you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, the good shepherd who lays down his life uh, for the sheep. Thank you for his promise that uh, his sheep hear his voice. And Lord, we've heard your voice this morning calling to us. And Lord, we pray that you'd help us all to respond in the right way. Thank you for the promise that you meet us all at our point of need. That you protect us, you provide us, you seek to uh, bless us. So, Lord, we pray that you would lead us in the right paths for your name's sake. That we would live lives for your glory and to your praise. In Jesus' name, amen.